same pool, and therefore it's a very small pool, and we can't find candidates of color. Right. How true do you feel that I can't find them actually is? So I, I when I hear that, I add some unwritten subtext to the yep. end of it, right? What I actually hear is we can't find candidates of color when we look in the places we've always looked. Exactly. The Straight A's Podcast is a production of In-Depth Media. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Straight A's Podcast, your home for all things related to the world of independent schools. We are your hosts and guides, Andre Withers, Amani Reed, Art Hall, and Abe Way Miller. We are glad you joined us for this episode today. We really hope you enjoy it. All right, everybody, welcome back to the pod. We are still here at NAIS People of Color Conference 2018 in Nashville, Tennessee. Again, great conference going on here on the first day. About 6,400 people who are in attendance, and we've been sitting here in the networking hub. Again, I'm Abe Waymiller, one of our podcast co-hosts, and today I am with Mr. Art Hall, another co-host. Art, how you doing? Good. Still not as warm as I thought it would be in Tennessee. Little Very true. Disappointed. Very true. <laughs> we rolled in. I dressed dress for about 68, 69 degrees, and it, it is not quite where it's I It's not quite going. there. And the complicated thing, Art, now that you say that, right, is that the first day we were here, it was in the teens, right? right. And then the last day we're here, it's going to approach the... Low 70s, Low 70s, right? So how do I pack for that when I'm rolling on a trip, <laughs> given that I'm trying to carry on? Right. Because am I right. going to pay $25 extra for that luggage? I don't think right. I am. If I'm trying to carry on the airplane, I'm not, I'm not trying to pay Do I have to be one of those 25. folks that just wears all my stuff on my body to avoid the baggage fees? Maybe I do. But I digress. Right. We right. do have a guest on the podcast with us today. Uh, please welcome Aaron Riel from EAB. Uh, Aaron, welcome to the pod. Yes, thank you. I've, I've enjoyed watching you guys all day do this. So yeah, so to be here. Thank you. And Aaron has been our neighbor here in the hub uh, with her table right next to ours. So uh, we've been uh, bothering her all day to try to get her to come on with us. And she has <laughs> finally caved in and said yes. So Aaron, tell us hey, a little man. bit about your story and, and what you do. Yeah, so I um, am the practice manager for the Independent School Executive Forum, which is a best practice research forum that serves heads of school and their administrative team in the independent school world. Uh, we've been working with independent schools now for three years. We have 125 members across the country. Both of your schools are part of this Indeed, membership. indeed. So thank you for that. Uh, thank you, actually. <laughs> and uh, we were just having a chat about uh, our study this year is about hiring teachers with a focus on diversity. And so I asked both of you what you thought about the concept of diversity fairs that are organized by a collective of schools in your area. So that spurred an interesting conversation that it I'm did, excited to, right? uh, to, to get back to. But one of the other tables around us was the Southern California Diversity Recruiting Fair, uh -huh. hosted at Harvard Westlake. And so I asked Abe, you know, what do you think of this? Have you ever done one of these in Charlotte? Do you know anything about these? What are your What are your thoughts? So that's what I'm doing research right. on. So now I'm going to turn it back to you guys and make you the uh, the experts and the the subjects oh. of the podcast. Now see when you, when you <laughs> see how she did that. See how she did that. When you punt it our way, like. <laughs> The experts. <laughs> See well, how just, she did that? You know some stuff about yeah. stuff. Yeah. So. I think um, it's interesting when you start talking about what a diversity recruiting fair is because, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it can be loaded. It can yeah. be 
productive. It can be uh, disappointing. I mean, yep. you know, I was speaking with some folks just earlier today, and they were talking about, um, you know, how do you properly write a resume yep. for an independent school? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. how, do you indiv- how do you interview as a public school candidate for an independent school? And yep. one of the words that I heard today was, you know, when you're a public school teacher, it tends to lend, lend itself or lean towards marketing. Of and yourself. I, I'd never heard, yeah, marketing of self. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm certified to do X. Oh, right. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm certified in or I have my certificate in. And, and a lot of times when you're interviewing for independent schools, you bring your authentic self with, mm. you know, this is what my passion is around teaching. Um, and then you take it to this level of diversity recruitment. And I think the magic question is, can you bring your authentic self to a diversity recruitment fit? Interesting. That's a great question. You know, can mm-hmm. you, or do you have to stop at, well, here's my undergrad degree. Here's my, if you have one advanced degree, I, this is what I believe in the mission of education. Or can you really push into, which I think is what this conference, since we're in this space, is talking about. Can you really sit down at an interview and say, I believe in social justice? Yep. Mm. Or I believe in the education or the minimization of uh, prison, school to prison pipeline. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I think those are, that's when it becomes loaded. Yep. I think yep. for when you talk about diversity recruitment fair, are you seeing me because I represent diversity on your campus petitionally? Or are you seeing me because of my, what, is, what do we call it earlier? Thought leadership. Thought leadership. <laughs> because of thought leadership. Right. Right. Like right. what you're actually bringing to the table as a teacher, as a member of the community. And right. Sure. Or are you checking a box that we need at this school? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah. So I think part of the challenge is defining the purpose of yep. the fair, right? So uh, I've been a part of recruiting fairs where the emphasis is really on engaging the community about the subject of independent schools in yep. general, right? Yep. And and that in part is the work, some of the work that we're trying to do with it's this hard. endeavor, yep. right? Which is there are folks out there that don't have as nuanced an understanding of the work that goes on in independent schools as we'd like them to. So one of our functions is to better tell that story or those stories through people's individual stories, right? So that the larger external community can have a better understanding of what this independent school thing is all about. So a recruiting fair can be an opportunity to do that, right? So we can gather folks who, who have less experience with independent schools the public school teacher that Art just mentioned, who may have never thought about working in independent school, invite them to come on out and learn a little bit. Maybe we'll put together a little panel, right, of of folks to speak, right? We've all seen that at at a recruiting (laughs) fair. Right. I've been on a a few few of those at a recruiting (laughs) fair. Hear hear about what we do. Here's what we do. But that can sometimes be... Uh, a miss, right? Because whereas I, I'm bringing that person to expose them to the world of independent schools, right. their question for me is what? Do you have a job? Do you have a job? <laughs> right. right. So right. I thought I was coming here to, to give job. you my yeah. resume and right. to interview. Right. right. And so you end up in these odd situations where yep. you think you're putting on this great program to, you know, community goodwill and right. expose your independent school, you know, from the inside out to folks who don't know about it. And they're thinking, why did I? Why did I just waste my Saturday morning right. driving over to your place when you didn't have a job yep. available? So to, I think to feel that's intimidated, a to feel minimalized, to feel marginalized. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that that's a dilemma, right? Like, how do we craft? How do we craft the the event yep. in a way 
where we're either clearly communicating what it is and what it's not, right. or how do we craft an event that can actually do both those things? So what kind of programming for an event like this would make sense, right? So you're gonna get, if you're going to advertise it as a recruiting fair, there does need to be jobs at the end of the day that are being, I, think, I think so. I think that is right? element one. So that's right, sort of yes. basic. But what other things would be useful or helpful to folks who would potentially attend something like this? Mm-hmm. I, I think it would be... Instead of calling it a diversity recruitment fair, which I get it. I get why why folks are doing that. You know, yep. you're sending a message. You're trying to be positive. Um, yep. But what I would love to see is more of an investment recruiting fair. Okay. Okay. Say more about that. And now I remember, and to your point, Abe, I remember when I was a first-year college student, right, and they had this program. There were a lot of guys where I was staying who were involved in being community service officers. So those were the folks on college campus that would walk you from the library to back to your dorm. Can I interrupt for just one sec? This was pre-internet, right? This is pre-internet. Okay, just pre- pre- I just wanted to make sure. Pre-internet. Yeah, I was just, okay, trying to, about- just trying to get a framework for the time in my mind. <laughs> it was it was pre-email. Okay, it was- <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm with you. Okay, if continue. Gonna- continue. Right. Yeah, continue. Yeah. I'm sorry for interrupting. Yeah, yeah. You know, that kind <laughs> of thing. So, I mean, I'm, I'm filling out this application. And to your point, Abe, you know, I'm not... I'm really not knowledgeable of how, how to fill out this kind of application. Right. So the magic question comes, why do you want this job? Or why do you want to be a community service officer? Mm. And I wrote, because I need a job. I am graduating from college. Right. And I mean, I need, I need a job. job. I'm, right. I'm in my first year of college. I need some money. Yep. And what would have benefited me when I found out, you know, there were a couple people pulling me aside and were kind of laughing. I'm like, that's not the right answer. Right. But in my world, it absolutely was. It, was it absolutely right, it? was. It's like yeah. I have no interest necessarily in being a community service officer. But what you're telling me is you have a position that's open for me as a first year college student that's paying, and I need money. I need a job. Bingo. Right. Bingo. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 So what would have been productive for me, and I think what would be productive for folks who are going to these fairs, is an investment in. If somebody had pulled me aside and said, "Hey, man, you know what? We liked everything else on your your application." Except that. With, with that, we weren't vibing with, but what I think I hear you saying is, yep. and, you know, you seem like in a, in a face-to-face conversation, like you're capable of doing it, like you really want to do this, so come on, let's, let's, and I think that's what has to happen with some of these independent schools, is it can't, you can't set up trap doors, and then when these candidates fall through them, you go, well, see, you fell through the trap door, yeah, yep. we yeah. tried, it's, you know, hey, candidate X, we believe in you, what's your timeline, mm-hmm. how can we work with you? Yep. Can you reach out with us maybe two Saturdays in a row and we can talk about the possibilities? We don't have this open, but boy, we really do like your skill set. I'd like to help you either at this school or the next school so that there's a purpose behind it. Yes, yeah. that's the investment you're talking yeah. about, right? Yeah. So that's like that's the investment. Model. I think that's probably a, a better way of stating it, right? I, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't say workshop because workshop, if it's I'm here work. at workshop, I'm like, oh man. I don't want to do that on I'm, Saturday. I'm sitting in the back of the room on a Saturday. But you have to figure out, so there, there's some element, though. Here's, here's a different way of, of, perhaps a different way of describing it, right? So when I am hiring in my current role, um, one of the principles that I try to adhere to is this, con- this principle or concept of building a deep bench. Yes. Right? right. So right. I, don't, I don't have your, I don't have, I, I got your resume. Thank you for, 
for sending that. I don't have that position available right now. Right. That does not mean I'm not going to bring you in for a conversation. Yep. Because right. I know, especially in my line of work, but I right. think we can apply this across schools in general, across, kind of industry-wide, we are going to have that position available at some point. Absolutely. Or we're going to have something that would be of interest to you and a good fit for you. Right. And when we do that, if we're constantly just posting the job, on our normal, all right, so let's go through, I'm going to post it on my regional association site and right. my state association site right. and the NAIS job board, and then I'm going to throw it out on Indeed.com, right. right, just to get all that, all that coverage, right? That's one method of doing it, right? But if I also have my 30 people who have come to my workshop, Right. Well, what, no, whatever, whatever we'll come up with a better term. I, I can we'll come yield, up with a better I can term. Yield for workshop. Right? <laughs> but if we if we have those twenty people, right, uh, who um, who we can go to when we have those positions come up, then that can be a function of that can be a function of this, right? right? Yep. So it may be part workshop where we're doing some skill building, yep. some right. resume review, some interview practice some feedback right yep. so that right. we can build the capacity of that candidate pool so i'm working with my bench players right right yep. right i'm working yep. with my i'm not just working with my starters in practice right right yep. right but it's also some of actually getting those people into our pipeline getting them to know about us now we've done in what do we call it, like an informational interview yep. with right. them right? right just to get a sense of who each other is and, and then you know when that position becomes available okay. now we have them in our pipeline, yeah. as long I feel like as long as we advertise, we, you got to find a way to advertise it like that because yeah. you won't, you still don't want to have that miss of I thought I was coming for this exactly. and you gave right. me that right. Yeah. So. so what's really interesting is we had a another head at a different school tell us that independent schools need to make a shift from a hiring mentality to a recruiting mentality. Okay, right? I agree. I so agree. Not I have a job, so I'm going to post this job. Mm-hmm. But right. Instead, we need to be constantly thinking about bringing people into the pipeline. Explain to them that I don't have a job right now, to your point, but I might eventually have a job. And you seem to really align with our mission, our values, what Mm -hmm. we're looking for in a teacher, and explain why that is. So part of that informational interview is productive and beneficial to them. Um, But a lot of what we've seen, at least, and you guys can definitely correct me if I'm wrong, but some of the research shows that one of the reasons why minority candidates leave independent schools is because they don't feel like they are supported by the head of school. They don't feel supported by the right. school community. Mm-hmm. You also only have a couple years to make that clear to them that they are supported. Once your school sort of falls into this category of that's not a supportive school, it's very difficult to sort of remove yourself right. from right. that category. Right. right? I don't know how you go about doing that, but I do know how you go about not being that school that no candidates of color want to go to, mm-hmm. right? right? But I think that transition to being recruiting all the time helps is with that. But it helps with that, right? Because mm-hmm. then you're very open. Have you guys ever been in a school that approaches it like that? Not in a structured <laughs> way, right? Like yeah. we're not as as structured as I think it could be. Okay. Let's put it that way, right? I you're think talk about independent schools and. But yeah, yeah. I th- just schools that are always in recruiting mode as opposed yeah. to hiring mode is the question, right? Exactly. So, yep. so I think um, I've been at schools that uh, we're all over the spectrum, right? Schools that are always sort of in reactive mode where it's uh, we got a <laughs> we got a job, right? right? right. We got a job. Let's right. post that all the way to we should always be you know out there handing out cards and right. But yep. but never I haven't seen probably as good an, a formal structure that might include something like 
a fair or workshop of as some sort of as part of that strategy. Yep. Right. So I think it's all about like how can you be more intentional about it? How can you devote more time and energy and dollars to it? How can you like use your precious resources in that in that space? So right? the question that we have been asking a lot is if you decide to make this shift, which we think would be the best strategy moving forward to make right. sure that your schools look more like your student body if you've managed to sort of make progress in that area, who owns that work? Mm. So I don't think it should be you, and I don't think it should be you, but like, right. who is the person at the school who should have hiring on their mind? All, all the time, round? yeah. I will, and it's, I will, I will can, say, I, can you say, hang on, I'm going to let you answer that question, yeah, yep, yep. but I do want to make the point that our podcast has been co-opted. Uh oh! Right, we You're we are now we are now we are we are no longer we are no longer hosting our own podcast. I, I don't I know if you caught that, that dynamic, <laughs> right? But it's interesting how that happened so seamlessly. I felt like I introduced the segment, right? And then I was all of a sudden a guest on the pod. Well, I think doing great as a guest. Thank you so very much. Thank it, you. it just goes to show you. I mean, for for thinking around leadership. And what women bring to the table, how that got flipped on us yeah, as men. Very right? much. Very as much like, so. Interesting we asked, dynamic. We asked somebody to sit down, and next as thing you know, she's running a podcast. Right there. How about that? How about she's that? It's like straight so, ease. Like, this exactly. is straight ease I don't know ease what the, I don't know, you better change the t-shirt right there. Is what you better do. So, all right, I'm sorry. I interrupt. You no. were going to answer the question. Aaron was asking about, like, whose responsibility should that be? Uh, whose responsibility should that be? I am a firm believer that the, it is the head of school's responsibility. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It is. Research shows that when you're thinking about diverse candidates and coming through, research shows you've got three years. Yep. You got three years to make them feel connected to the community. Or you've they're got, gonna bounce. you know, or they're yep. gonna bounce and they're gonna find somebody else for it. Because as difficult as it is, once you get your hook in as a candidate that represents diversity for your campus, once you get your hook in, now it's especially if you're a lower school teacher and you represent some sort of diversity, you know, it, it's a it's a, a a different game at that point, but. I think it's the responsibility of the head of school to make it their point. Yep. There are so many times when candidates of color, the, the exit interviews that I've seen at various schools, candidates of color will be like, nobody cared. Yep. You told mm -hmm. me, you told me at, when I got the job that this would happen and this would happen and nobody cared. Mm -hmm. And when they say that, really, I think it's a euphemistic way of saying the head of school walked past me five times and didn't say anything exactly. and called me, or called me. Called me Jerry when my name is John. You <laughs> yep, know, right. uh, couldn't get it straight every time. Or, or the head of school has to make it their point of business to be yep. like, I see you. I'm asking about you. How's your family? Yep. You told me when we interviewed that your grandmother wasn't doing too well. Has How's she, she turned the corner? Yep. You know, connecting to the point where when they come to conferences, not just POCC, but any conference, you know, people of color want to brag. They want to know, they want to feel good about where they're working. Mm -hmm. And yep. so when they do stuff like that, when your head of school is invested and you say, that's not my head of school, my head of school is. So these these hiring fairs and these hiring responsibilities are community-wide. Yeah. Yep. It is, yeah, it is Word incumbent is out. upon. Word is out. Yeah, right. yeah. But the head of school is the person, if, if you're the head tone. of school, that sets the tone. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And I think, so there's the, the question for me, like there's the who is responsible yep. for that, but there's also the what that is responsible for that. So there's yeah. the people, but there's also the structure that that head of school or somebody that the head of school designates can create, right? Yep. Right. That yep. helps do that work. So we know we have our calendar. Yep. Right. In August, we are doing this. In yep. October, we're hitting this, 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 and this. It's a database that you set up, yep. right? So that once you've pulled those candidates in, 
you have some of that information in there about them. Exactly. Right? And so when you're like, I still don't have that job, but it's been three months since I've reached out to Art. Yeah. Somebody's got to reach out to Art. Who's going to reach out to Art? Who's going to reach out to Art? Yep. Right? So it's having that structure in that process that makes use of the people that you have to do that work in a really intentional way. And again, it's just when you're intentional about it, that means you're committing the resources to it. That means you're committing the time, committing the money, committing the people, and actually doing it. Well, and I think, you know, to to your point, Art, about... When a, if a teacher comes from a public school, and one of the things that you've told them is that this is much more of a community, it's much closer, people know you better, right. and that's not their experience, right. that feels like a bait and switch, right? Right. And that's why they're going to look for another opportunity, maybe at a different independent school, but potentially somewhere else in education entirely. Right. And that's a loss for the independent school world, right? It is. So it is. I do think that the head of school sets the tone, but it's really about what is the school doing as a community to make sure that... If you're at a conference and you meet someone, that somehow you're sharing that information. I met this person. They're a math teacher. They're not looking for a job right now, but I really feel like they had the passion that we're looking for. They had the interest. They had maybe the coaching skills that we're looking for. Mm -hmm. Let's keep them in our pipeline, and let's keep having conversations with them so that when we do have a math opening, I can just give them a call and say, hey, are you looking for something new? Are you still looking? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, what other questions do you have for us? So if, if I'm a, one of the things that we hear all the time from heads at different schools, we're going to exclude both of your heads from this conversation. Okay. Um, they thank you for that. Yep. Is one of the reasons why we can't hire faculty of color is because we can't find them. Right. Mm. Honest moment. That feels lazy to me. Okay. That right. feels like you're looking at the recruiting firms that do this and saying everyone's looking at the same pool. And therefore, it's a very small pool, and we can't find candidates of color. Right. How true do you feel that I can't find them actually is? So I, I, when I hear that, I add some unwritten subtext to the yep. end of it, right? What I actually hear is we can't find candidates of color when we look in the places we've always looked. Exactly. Yes, that is the actual right? I think that bears repeating. Say it one right. more time. We cannot find candidates of color when we look in the places we've always looked. Right. right. Now, if we broaden our scope, right, if we, if we look in some spaces where we maybe have not recruited before, yep. if we try some methods like yep. year-round recruiting that we have not tried before, right. if we figure out a solution to our diversity fair workshop, workshop fair. wherever yeah. we are in that space right. that's going to be another method of doing and i think over time right so if one of the places that we've typically recruited o- over time is um from within our own world we'll start to see that change a little bit yep. right yeah. there yeah. you know we've yep. we've talked to a few folks here today as we've invited them on the podcast and it's been interesting <laughs> to hear about their journey and a part of their journey being, well, I was a student in independent school and I wanted to come back in. Right. Yep, so that yep. we're going to see a little bit of a shift in that. Yep. Right. In the, in the, yep. the pool where we have traditionally recruited yep. is going to start to grow in terms of candidates of color. But I still hold to my phrase, which is we are not, you know, we can't find candidates of color when we look in the same places yep. we've always looked. Yeah. And I think, you know, also, I think it, it's, it's starting to open up a little bit more, but I remember, you know, when I got into the independent school world, if your resume didn't have school X on it, it was a wrap. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it yeah. was Bye-bye. a wrap. I mean, yeah. if, 
if you had, you know, let's just say you had Fisk University on your, like, first of all, there was a 25-minute conversation around what is, is Fisk? That again? Yeah. <laughs> what is Fisk? Is that a, is that a, is that a certificate? What is that? Right. right. Like, no, that's yep. an HBCU, it, you know, and then you have to go through this whole, you know, conversation around, you know, that you could see the looks around the table. It was this, yep. Yep. is that a real college? Is that, you know, what's the program like? I don't know. You know, I think now there's been this general kind of acceptance of program, and I, I hate to use the word acceptance because these schools aren't asking to be accepted, no. but nope. um, there's this general embrace of Spelman, Howard, Hampton. But I, I think what you were saying, Abe, if I could take it a step further, it's also saying we can't find candidates with the pedigree that we're looking for. Yes. Or they, we can't find candidates that look like... All the other people. All the other people. We've got folks that are from Big Ten schools. We've got folks that are from Ivy League schools, folks that are from big West Coast public universities. Yep. You know, and I think if, if independent schools really want to turn the corner, we have to make investments. You have to go to those schools. Yep. And you have to know that for many candidates of color or for many women, if, if I'm a strong candidate as an undergrad, maybe I'm not thinking about being a teacher. Yeah. Maybe yep. <laughs> you know. Yep. Maybe maybe yeah. I have to be. About lots of other things. Right. I what can, is yeah. it that's going to attract you into the industry? Go to law school and go to med school. I can get out into the sales, Wall Street. Um, so I think there has to be a conscious effort if we really want to see schools turn the corner. And I think that we are doing. I mean, to see this conference grow and, and go from fourteen hundred people to six thousand people it's is amazing. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yep. But I think if the, it would be purpose driven for a school to say, "I'm going to craft a partnership with." School X. Yeah. Yep. And we are going to take the initiative of, of, let's see, we need more, what, African-American male teachers? Boom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Starting, starting in their sophomore, second year of college, we're going to actively recruit these African-American male teachers and invest in them. Yeah. Um, and that so, should be on the independent school to do that work, right? Yes. Uh, that's where it has to come. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, and I think that's when, it, when we think about the role of independent schools in the larger le- educational landscape, which is something that we talk a lot about. Uh, on this podcast, I think this is a place where, yeah, independent schools can show some leadership, right? right. We yes. are we are generally well-resourced or better-resourced yep. educational institutions. I do believe that there's a piece of what we do as independent schools right. that has a larger public purpose. Absolutely, right? And I would to, to in, in, in contributing to the overall education. It's not just about it's not just about bettering ourselves, right? It's about bettering the educational world and the educational community. How can we do it? Well, we have the resources to do that. We can do these. We can be creative with this recruiting element. We can we, we can identify these candidates yep. and work on yep. building them into that pipeline, right? I mean, that's sort of what you're talking about. Is yep. If I identify yep. that young man in his sophomore year of college, I've got time to help integrate him into what it's going to look what like. What it's going to look he, like. Yeah. When, and and I, I think at this what point, too, we... Yep. This might be the you know the hashtag know your facts section of the podcast. Okay. Like if there's somebody out there who's listening to this podcast and you're coming out of your seat saying that's what my school does, hit us up. Let us know. Yes. I mean, you know, put it in the comments so, section. Somebody, somebody right. do a fact check. Or right. Yeah. Somebody like, do a fact hey, check. Hey, like you don't on. know your facts. You don't know your facts. So <laughs> great. Like I want to yeah, know what that wanna, resource is. I want to know what it is. Yep. I'm going to come visit you exactly. next right. week. I want your head of school's email. I want your board chair's email. I want. I want all I'll of take that. you out to lunch. Yeah. I will take you out to probably yes. like at Chili's yes. or something. But I will <laughs> there take is somebody you out to lunch. who's listening to this podcast right now and can get through that 
and really can call us out. Call us out. If there are 15 schools across the nation that are doing this, but in a much more covert, like, clandestine way, let the sunshine on yeah. it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Embarrass so, me. I, I, I want to be embarrassed in this I, way when please, it comes to this. Please, please, please. <laughs> For the greater good. For the please. greater good. For the greater good. So one of the very simple ways that we think schools can do a better job of attracting non-traditional candidates, whether that's candidates of color or career changers who are doing something else, is to be more precise when they articulate what they're looking for in a teacher. Okay. So if you say you're looking for five to seven years of teaching experience, right. what exactly is it that you're looking for? What are the behaviors? What are the competencies? Uh, what are right. the attributes that you're looking right. for in someone? Because if you actually outline those things, you might find someone who made the decision after college yep. to go into... I don't know, finance, and then decided, you know what, I don't like that, but I do love math, yeah. and I'd love to be a math teacher, yeah. right. but you haven't actually described my life in any way, no. so I'm not going to apply. So I'm not going to, yeah. right. And so that, go ahead. So I think that's, so I think really pushing schools to say, what do we want in a candidate, what do we want in a, a community member, and putting that in the job description instead of what school did you go to, what advanced degree right. do you have, yeah. what certificate have you pursued. Right. So you're talking about attributes versus qualifications. Yeah. Exactly. Right? So like, I don't yeah. want to know more about your credentials. I want to know yeah. about what, what are the things about, you've yeah. done and what are the talents that you've developed over those experiences that will yeah. bring something to our school. Right. Because, I, I mean, I think somebody who went off and had a great life experience outside of education on Wall Street, as you just described, or in the right. Peace Corps or whatever right. it might be, I guarantee you, right, that... That person has, one, that person has a lot of transferable skills. Absolutely. Right, right, right. Absolutely. And two, they, they were almost definitely a better teacher in their first year after five years doing something else than I was in my sixth year after doing five <laughs> years of teaching. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and if you, you know what, the research also shows that independent school parents keep calling for a diversity of teaching. Yes. They keep calling. I mean, I can't tell you how many, you know, stats and surveys and, and statistical analysis, and every parent, when you ask them the question, no pun intended, black and white, if you ask them the question, they say, absolutely, that's yep. what I want for my child. You know, it can be a very moderately conservative school, but the parent is still looking for the authentic experience because the corporate world is changing. Yep. The people that they work with, you know, maybe the, the, the walls of bias that they had going into their workplace, that's changing, and so now they want that change for their children. Yeah. Um, yep. So, uh... Aaron, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to wrest back control <laughs> of, of our hosting duties. Of the Aaron Show? Of the Aaron Show. Of the Aaron Show. It's very fun to be uh, and, on your podcast and today. And here's, here's the way I'm going to do that. So we have something that we do with our guests at the end of each episode okay. uh, that we call the pop quiz. Love it. I love so, pop quiz. I negative commentation. Oh, negative connotation. No pass or fail. But no all, pass or fail. Okay. Need, check, check, plus. Check, <laughs> check, plus. Exactly. Yeah, check, 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 plus. plus. Like right? Or what was it like? Uh, good, needs improvement, something <laughs> right. like that. Um, so I'm going to give you some quick questions. I just want really quick responses to them. Okay. Even one word responses. That is. So school for me as a student was? Fun. Very good. Awesome. Fun. Being mission-driven means... Uh, getting the chance to do work that aligns with a, bar a larger purpose. Very good. The future of education is? I think promising. I think there's a lot of things that are happening that are different, yep. that are changing, that are innovative, that I think is really going to change what education looks like even 10 years from now. Right. Okay. And last one, and I think this one will fit well with uh, 
kind of your line of work. Feels um, like a lot of pressure. <laughs> what, what is it that schools need the most? I think really strong leadership. I think leadership mm. that is committed to social justice, that's yep. committed to equity. I think that's really where particularly independent schools need to be really honest about are we there yet and how are we going to get there. Interesting. Absolutely. Interesting. Aaron, thanks so much Absolutely, uh, for, Aaron. Being, for being welcome. our neighbor in the hub <laughs> uh, and from day one and for, for sharing your mints <laughs> and for right. being a guest on the podcast. Art, always good hanging it's out with you. Always good, Aaron. It has been, this is like, it's almost like 15 minutes of fame, <laughs> that kind of thing. You know, these podcasts are fun. You could you could put it on your bucket list now. Awesome. It's been great. Been a guest on the podcast. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, everybody, fun. for listening, and we are out. All right, take care. We've come to the end of the show, and unfortunately, that's our time. If we've done our job right, you've been informed as well as entertained. If you like the show, you know what to do. Please subscribe, rate, and by all means, leave a review. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. But also be sure to follow us on Twitter at Straight A's Pod. We look forward to seeing you there as well as right back here for the next show. Take care. Till next time.